Hey everyone, welcome to episode 14 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Bryn Jackson. This week we sat down with Jared Arandu, one of my favorite designers. He's the creative director at Teespring. He also created the industry at a very early age with Drew Wilson. He's known for being particularly talented from a very early start. We had a really awesome chat. Yeah, this was a great episode. Um, very smart guy. We kept going for about two hours after we stopped recording. It was pretty great. Yes, I think there will be a part two someday. 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 Uh, thank you so much to all the response from the last episode with Maurice Woods. Such a cool conversation. Uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with everyone on Twitter. Uh, we're still looking for sponsors for our second quarter of the show. If you have a product or the company you work for is interested in getting in front of tens of thousands of designers, uh, hit us up. We're sponsor at designdetails.fm. We'd love to chat. Uh, on that note, let's thank our sponsors for this week. Huge thank you once again to iconfinder.com, our longtime running sponsor. Our longest running sponsor. They're our homies. Our homies from Copenhagen. Copen homies. <laughs> Copen homies. <laughs> Can that just be the title of this episode? We have some better ones. Don't Copen worry. homies. Iconfinder is the largest source of premium vector icons on the web. They have over 500,000 icons now of any icon you can need for any project you're working on. They have icons in every file format and they'll work with any software you use. Photoshop, Sketch, Illustrator. Uh, They have different styles of every icon like Outline, Glyph. um, Really any style you're going for, Icon Finder is going to help you find the perfect icon. Uh, They're adding 20,000 new premium icons every single month. Uh, 520,000 then? No? Wow. Can we get an updated script, Icon Finder? How many icons do you have? Can can we get an actual count, please? (laughs) We're going to guess. I'm going to guess 512,000. I'm going to say 512,322. God, you're that guy. All right. Uh, We'll we'll find out. Um, The cool thing is all of Icon Finder's icons are licensed for commercial use, which means if you're doing client work right now, You can actually use these icons in your projects, sell that to clients, uh, no problem. You're not going to run into any issues, no licensing issues. Make some money. Make some money. Get that client money. And Icon Finder has a pro service that gives you basically access to more and more downloads for a cheaper rate, uh, and 70% of that goes back to the original designer of the icons. So you're actually supporting real people. And many of these people we actually know. Yes. They exist. They're not robots. They are not robots. These are actually talented icon designers making a living selling their icon. On the topic of robots. If you use the promo code ROBOT, you're going to get 50% off your first month of Icon Finder Pro. Uh, Check them out, iconfinder.com. Thanks again so much for sponsoring this episode. Yay, Copen Homies. (laughs) Copen Homies. Our second sponsor is once again Envision, one of our favorite tools. We use it, both of us use it every single day. That's the best possible endorsement we could give it it's very important to both of our workflows in our day-to-day work it's perfect for working with team members but also working with non-designers it's like the perfect way for showing ideas and prototypes super fast for those of you who don't know envision is the only design platform that lets people experience your vision instead of having it explained to them just upload your designs and in a few clicks you'll have a fully interactive prototype you can use in presentations review sessions even user tests Plus, people can add their feedback, including copy updates, right on your design. So you can work with spreadsheet monkeys and biz dev people and random, like, I don't know, 
accountants <laughs> non-designers Our accountants i think non-designers anyone in the company that needs to buy into <sighs> a vision that you have people people envision makes working with people easy and that's a hard thing to do so start designing the future today at envisionapp.com envisionapp.com thanks once again to envision uh, i'd love to hear what you're working on these days so i work at teespring um i joined just over a year ago as creative director um which is funny because i was designer number one but whatever so the team has since grown to five people and my day-to-day is probably 80 percent just you know considering the future to an extent like not just sitting down in the chair memes chair swinging around like what teespring could look like but more what should we be doing within the next two weeks so you know really focused sprint planning essentially yeah. yeah but at my desk in my moleskin so i have things to talk about in sprint planning yeah. <laughs> pre-sprint but, planning exactly yeah in addition to that um I do some design work, just more high-level things. Um, not because I don't like flushing things out, but because I don't have the time to. Um, on the side, I would say I'm working on finally redesigning my personal website. Um, I say finally because I think it's like this industry thing that people work in it forever and never ship. Mm-hmm. But I actually just don't work on mine. <laughs> I think my, <laughs> it's been I think, the same for a little while. Yeah, though. it's yeah. been the same for a while. Um, you know this because I think my photo on my website has no facial hair, mm-hmm. and I actually have facial hair. <laughs> it so. looks like you're roughly 13 or 14. I was going to well, say yeah, 14. I'm pretty, wow. I'm pretty young in that photo, and um, that's not me anymore, <laughs> so I want to update it. Um, I also want to like get some of my photos I've been starting to take on my site. In addition to that, just helping friends out with random stuff, not not necessarily side projects, but just like fun things. So a lot of it is with a friend of mine, El Luna. She does this thing called Bulan Project. Yep. And she just, well, she's about to launch a book um, called Choose Choose Must, The cross or, the Crossroads Between oh, Something. It's a cool book. And if this goes <laughs> out, yeah, if go, if this goes out next Monday, then her book launches Wednesday. Perfect. So, yeah, get that. We'll make sure to uh, plug it at the end again. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I think that's really it right now. Just mainly Teespring and helping friends on the side. Nice. And going up in helicopters? Yes. So that seems to be happening a lot. Yeah. Do you have a helicopter yet? I don't. Someone actually messaged me asking if like a company I worked at exited. <laughs> I bought a helicopter and that's hey. and I'm like, no. It's it's yeah. It's so weird. I just don't hashtag latergram. So people don't oh, know. I literally went up in a helicopter once with my coworker Josh Sortino and um a friend of mine, Chris. Christophe, right? Yeah, French dude. And I'm going to um, him at Facebook on Friday. I'm really excited. Yeah. No, so, I'm not. He's going to France. Damn it. Yeah, he, he was supposed to, to be there. I'm going to Christophe, France. it's your fault. Yeah, you are yeah. too, aren't you? Yeah. You and uh, Jeremy and... Jeremy, Sol- Sam, Sam, Ellen. Myself, Ellen, my girlfriend, Chris, and his fiance. Well, yeah, it's Chris's Actually, wedding, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we went up in a helicopter once, like two months ago. And, you know, just rapid fire. I think I had like 600 shots on my camera and I've just been processing them and releasing them probably like one or two a week. But it appears to the world like I go up on a helicopter every weekend. <laughs> that, that was not my intention. That just happened cool. that way. It's a fast helicopter, by the way. 100 miles per hour. Seriously? I'm dead serious. It was really painful. I was shooting with a Canon 5D 
And like Josh and Chris were like sitting in the helicopter with like their Sony A7S all comfortable, just like just finger down on the on the camera shutter button, whatever. And I'm like, I don't know why I decided to use the viewfinder, but like I was just my head was outside the window, just my neck just brutally getting destroyed by that 100 mile per hour wind. <laughs> I don't know what I did that for. I haven't sold any photos or anything. It's just I don't know why I did it, but I did it. I've always wanted you. Uh how are you sitting in the helicopter? Because you have one photo I was looking at, and like you my can feet. see your feet yeah. at the bottom of it. So my whole body was inside, and then I was kind of like holding my camera. I was like strapped in, and then I turned, then leaned out. And then there was a time where we all wanted like feet out the helicopter shots. <laughs> so we told that to the to the pilot, and he's like, all right, let me like slow it down for you guys. So like slow down probably like 60 miles per hour. And he's like, all right, everyone's feet out. <laughs> Pretty so everyone slow. like kind of like turned and like stuck their feet out. And then he'll tilt the helicopter so he can get that shot and then tilted back. And then I scoot in and he tilted on the other side. Josh and Chris got their shot. He went back and then he sped up again. And that's, that's pretty awesome. much it. Yeah. How long did the ride last? It was like an hour and a half. We went like oh, wow. above the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. beneath it, over the Trans-American Pyramid. That fucking building's tall. <laughs> like we had to go around and around and around to like rev up. So I hadn't been even near the Transamerica Pyramids since mm-hmm. I moved here like a year and a half ago-ish. Um, there's a redwood forest down there. Like there's a park with redwoods. Wow. Like, like a, right there. It's not a forest. I mean, forest. <laughs> yeah. It's, like it's, a, it's a redwood park. There are redwood trees and mm-hmm. you can't see them anywhere near it because it's in the middle of Fidei. But I was like blown away. Wow. It's crazy. I, I work like two blocks from there now. Mm. So I should check that out. I've seen it from above, and I need it's to legit. see it from ground it's, it's level. It's like a tranquility park or something like that. Some weird thing. A lot of random stuff in San Francisco. A lot of random stuff. Oh, yeah. So you have you have a really cool background. Uh, you call yourself a designer who writes. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit about just, like, how you got started in this yeah. whole crazy world? Sure. So I used to go by a writer who knows his way around Photoshop. <laughs> um, so basically, growing up, I... This isn't anything special, but I hated school. Fair. Um, I felt, I argued with my parents that I didn't hate school for the typical reason. I was like, oh, you know, education's great, mom and dad. Like, I believe you have to, like, know how to add, right? But I think that the education, and I'm dead serious. Like, this is me talking to my parents at, like, eight years old. It's like, I feel that the education system is broken. (laughs) 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 My dad's looking at me like, shut the fuck up, go to bed. But, like, I'm looking at him like, I was like, dude, like everything in class is all about memorization. Yeah. Like they're just like this, 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 and this. Memorize it all, and then we'll give you a test next week and regurgitate that information. It's not the solutions. Right? It's exactly memorizing the answers. And like your score was basically your memory. So I was lucky enough that growing up I had a fairly good memory. Um, probably up until high school when I just couldn't remember shit. You know, like I didn't even know what time I woke up that morning. And then like I actually had to study, but the tests were never like you know do you grasp this concept? It's, did you hear what the teacher said in class yesterday, right? To the point that, like, if the teacher gave you the wrong information and they made the test themselves, you had to write that wrong information to get the answer right, right? And I always noticed that tests that really tested your aptitude or, like, your understanding of concepts are the tests that I actually performed well on. So at that point, I was like, well, if this is what college is like, I'm not going. So when high school finished, I was like, hey, mom and dad, I'm not going to college. And they're like, yeah, you are. So they forced me to apply. I applied. Um, and I went to college for a day. 
Where'd you go to school? Like, where was college? college? UPenn. Okay. And I left. And then I... One I, day in. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of... It's weird. I walked around the campus, and then I walked in, and then I walked out. So I didn't actually sit down in the physical classroom. I just kind of decided I'm not going to go. Um, it, I don't know if it was radical or not. <laughs> I guess it, I guess it was, but it kind of worked out for me. But um, basically, I, I skipped a lot of stuff. But before that happened, that summer, I worked at Treehouse. So this was around the time I was doing the industry. And um, Ryan Carson was someone I followed on the web for a while. I always read Think Vitamin and all this stuff. Yep. And I remember we had Chris Coyer as our, I think, our first podcast guest. And he was mentioning, I think Chris is an advisor for Treehouse. And okay. he was mentioning, oh, like they're looking for this and looking for that. And like offline, I was like, oh, like some of those things sound interesting. And I reached out to Ryan and I, I remember I wrote this long email like, you know, fucking love you. Um, like I loved your blog. I love like the, um, the, the, what's it called? Conferences that they always put on like future of web and future oh, yeah. of web design and all this mm-hmm. stuff. I didn't go to any of it because I didn't have money. Yeah. <laughs> but like if I were to go, I imagine I would have loved that too. Right. And I, you know, I spoke about the industry and like the side projects I did and kind of got a job at Treehouse. And I remember, um, I was having a conversation with Ryan telling him, Hey, I'm considering leaving Treehouse, not because there's anything wrong with the company, but because my parents are forcing me to go to college. And he's like, well, that's kind of awkward because the whole point of Treehouse is to make people not have to go back to school to yeah. learn this stuff. And you're telling me you work at this company <laughs> and you're going to leave this company to do the very same thing yep. we built this company for, right? And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of fucking sense. Obviously, I knew that. I was just telling him. My mom, my mom and dad were forcing me. But um, I, I spoke to my mom and dad and I basically got to this point where we had a, you know, an agreement that you can try stuff for say a semester and if it doesn't work out you go back to college if it works out you take one more semester off (laughs) and if it doesn't work out then you go to college they're basically saying like failure is eminent we just don't know how far it (laughs) how long it'll take exactly but i was like all right that's fair so i left college after day and um around that time um myself and two co-founders we started an email app called evo mail and i remember evo mail yeah Mm -hmm. and that ended up failing 11 months later, but that was after what would have been my first year of college, right? And leading up to that point, it looked like it was going to do well. So I was like, hey, mom and dad, like, fuck, no college, right? <laughs> and around the time it failed is what I moved to San Francisco. And then success happened. And then timing. I just never went back to Baltimore. I never went to college or whatnot. But I actually just realized that I went off on a tangent and never actually answered your question. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, that's, that's how conversations work, right? Yeah. 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 Fair. It's funny, like, being on this side of the mic now. How's it feel? It feels really, really different for a couple of reasons. One, I'm on this side of the mic. And two, every time we did a recording for the industry radio show, um, we never did it in person. Yeah. So I think the entire time... I was just time, looking at your, uh, your, like, old work station, I guess. Yeah, yep, yeah. my workspace. Yep. So the entire time we did the show, like, Drew and I never met. Okay. Adam Stokowiak and I never met. We just used to tune in <laughs> and record, and we never met our guests until like you know conferences and events and all that stuff. So, so this we had a weird. long conversation about that too. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay, we can probably get more guests if we just do remote, and it might not sound the greatest on their end, but that's okay, whatever. And then Brian came to me. He's like, no. 
I want to meet these people. Like, I want to hang out with them for a little bit. I want to grab dinner with them afterwards, things like that. And we're just like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I think what you guys are doing is really special. Like, it's it's different, right? It's so much fun. Yeah. Like, I, I can actually that. see you. Yeah. If you burped, you can mute it on the release episode, but I will actually physically see <laughs> no. that you burped and laugh. Oh, and I will. Don't you worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got any soda? I got beer. It works. You want beer? Oh, no, I'm just, like, making sure you actually burn. Okay. I'll, I'll take this part out. <laughs> sure, yeah. there's, there's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, you glossed over the whole starting of the industry. Yeah. I imagine that was a huge, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huge part so, of your life. Yeah. So, I mean, was, what were we talking about? Like, designer who writes, um, writer who knows his way around Photoshop. So, in school, there was a couple classes I actually enjoyed. One of them was psychology. Um, I was always fascinated with how the mind works. Um, writing was always fun, especially creative writing, because the teacher could only grade you on grammar. They couldn't grade you because they thought your answer was wrong. There was no wrong answer. Uh-huh. And um, that kind of led to me writing on the side. Um, I started this site called MediaIn5.com. Um, and the how idea. How old were you at the time? Uh, let's see. Probably like 13 or 14. Jesus. For reference, how old are you now? 20. <laughs> that, that's what I guessed. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Um, and th- what I was trying to get at is, can I summarize the news in five minutes for the day, right? Which is funny because like there are apps for that now, like what, Circa and... Um, You're ahead of your time. Stuff. Yeah, I was seven years ahead of my time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was Median5.com and I'm not, that's not me like actually pitching the domain. Like I don't even know if it's Nice plug, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so I did that for some time. I remember it growing to about, say, 100 visitors a month. And I'm pretty sure that it was my mom hitting the refresh button in incognito because she knows the way around Chrome. Oh, that's sweet of her. Yeah, sweet mom. I love you, mom. <laughs> but anyway, I did that on the side because I felt that articles at that time were way too long for no reason. And the titles were always just clickbait, right? Link bait, clickbait, whatever. That was a long is. time ago for it to be like the clickbait. Nothing's trend. changed. Oh, yeah, that, was, Woo. Uh, that was a thing for a long time. And... I did that for fun. Um, I remember when it actually started taking more time out of my day than time I allocated to homework, and I saw it in my grades, which is actually kind of funny. It's like, oh, I did this, 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 and this. Oh, shit. Every grade dropped one letter (laughs) around the time that I started this blog, which is kind of funny. But at some point, I stopped it, um, not because I got bored of it, but because I realized that I couldn't maintain it during school time so i waited until summer um so say i started this october when school started i waited until june the following year when school was finished to start the blog back again um and at that point i realized that the median five idea was not sustainable plus i was no longer interested in just covering media media is a very you know vague term like are you it's focusing pretty broad on technology etc so yeah. At that point, I started another blog called TrendingWeb.com, and this was focused on what was trending. Um, and mainly, I met with, well, not met, I interviewed um, founders of startups that were really early that I felt were building products that would, at some point, trend in that many people would copy them and rip their product off, right? And I think one of the first people I had on that was a friend of mine 
Mark. Like Mark Johnson. Close wow. friends. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Real good buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. He just like chilled and like, just tell me how he wants to make this thing called book a face. And I was like, you should like flip the words. Dude, anyway. It's all because yeah. of you. Jesus. <laughs> so, um, my friend Mark Johnson, he was at the time CEO of a app called Zeit, um, which was a news app, which mm-hmm. competed with Flipboard, I believe until mm-hmm. they were bought by CNN. And, um, he was my first person on that blog. Um, there was another guy, Christoph, Christopher, um, he started a site called Zerply, um, which was like this resume type thing that wow, was big the, in the creative community, yeah, but that. eventually pivoted to like, um, digital type stuff. Um, there was a, another guy, Bobby, who did this thing called Flood, which was another news app. F-L-U-D? F-L-U-D. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Wow. So many memories. <laughs> and that was really fun. I think that was the most fun I had, like. It was summertime, and I lived in Baltimore, of all places, and summertime in Baltimore was really boring and really hot. But here it is that, like, every evening or whenever, whatever, you know, amount of time I did it, I got excited to talk to this person that I've never met, who I was really excited about, who I felt was doing something special, and have a conversation with them, and then take that conversation and then write an article about it, right? And that was fascinating to me. And at some point, I started noticing a trend with, a trend with blogs. Um, for every major news vertical there is an authority that covers like the you know the day-to-day right like the heartbeat of that industry so you look at music or you look at social media you have mashable technology of tech crunch and um and gadget all these different blogs but when it came to design all we had was like tips and tricks tutorial based blogs etc and there were nothing wrong with those things yeah but i felt that there needed to be you know, some online presence that really recorded what was going on, the conversations that were being um, held, et cetera. And I just decided to make it, right? Um, as I was thinking about this, a friend of mine, Drew Wilson, was also thinking about the very same idea. And I can't remember how we first connected. I imagine it's over Twitter because I didn't actually meet him in person until two years ago at his conference. But um, we connected. ValueCon, right? ValueCon, yeah. So we connected somehow. Um, we had like some phone calls. I remember like our first phone call, we're introducing ourselves to each other. And then Drew's like, okay, well, I'm Drew. I do this. I do this. I'm married. I have two kids, blah, 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 blah. And then like he ended it and I'm, and he said his age. I don't know if it's public or not. He said his age, right? And I was like, he's not old or anything, but he's older than me. So it was like, oh shit. Like, is that the format I have to like say this back to him with? Cause like I felt as soon as I said my age, you like hang up. Like, like, like I'm not a pedophile. I'm not talking to you. Phone, right? Um, and I ended the conversation. Drew Wilson, not a pedophile. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Great guy. And I, that was not sarcastic by the way. And I ended the conversation. Sorry, not the conversation. I ended my introduction and did not say my age. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. How old are you? And I was like, fuck. And I said it. Can you remember how old I was? 16 or something? 16 or 17. I said my age, and he's like, oh, cool. Yeah, you're starting out young, man. Good job. And I'm like, is that uh-huh. it? And he's like, what do you mean? It's like, like we're going to we're gonna do the site. He's like, yeah, that's why we we're doing introductions. And I'm like, you're not like worried about my age or anything? And he's like, why, why would I be? And that was fascinating to me because up until that point, my social presence was really like hidden. Like I... I used Twitter, I blogged and all this different stuff. I had presence, but I never, I, I made sure to never speak in a way that could allude to my age. Um, and my profile photos were always side shots, you know, so no one could ever know how old I was. Oh, and we the, knew. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and this was the first guy I like, I trusted with this information and he didn't really give a shit, right? In a good way. 
And that was amazing to me. And that's how the industry started because I met a guy who had a shared interest and did not care how old I was, which was crazy to me because growing up, like ageism is a really, really bad thing in the East Coast. Like in New York, you know, out here in San Francisco, if you're young or whatnot, you're like, oh, okay, you're a hipster or, or this or that, or like you work at some startup or whatnot. And yes, New York has a startup scene, but for a long time growing up there in New York and Baltimore, like people would not give you a second look if they felt that you were young, right? Because they felt that, oh, well, you have no experience. You haven't done this before. Um, go figure shit out in your life and then come back to me years later. And then this guy, who obviously had a strong presence, had already shipped products before, I felt that I would get that same reception. And to not get that was amazing. So anyway, um, we started the industry. I remember we launched it like December 12, 2011. Um, Which would first, make you 16? I don't know. Um, yeah. 17. 17. No. Yes. Four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah. 17. 17. I turned 21 this year. Yeah. So, um, he, not he, sorry. So we started the blog December 12th, 2011. I remember like first day of traffic was like a thousand views and I was like, yes, I downloaded this thing. It feels like victory. I yeah. Mean. I was like, mom, this is like 10x the traffic of my last blog. <laughs> <laughs> my last blog and you did not even visit the domain yet by the way why haven't you visited the site right <laughs> thanks mom yeah and that was amazing to me um i remember we had like two articles up that day and they were dumb like the first article was like a long article by drew and i like introducing the industry so that's not necessarily dumb you're gonna have that but our only other article was me giving away invites to forest Remember Forrest? I remember Forrest. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, I have like three invites to Forrest, two to Dribble, and like one to, I think like Zerpley. I think they were like in private beta at the time. Some of those, one of those services. Yeah. And that was it. So I'm like, a thousand people like read that, right? I was like, yeah, this has to just be like Drew's traffic. <laughs> like he probably just tweeted it and that, that's where it came from. But then the next day we had like 2,000. And the next day we had like 5,000. Like, and, you know, within those days we actually published actual content. We didn't want to like dump everything day one and have nothing for the rest of the week. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like we actually kind of have something here. And, you know, fast forward like a couple months, um, Adam Stachowiak came on and helped us start our podcast, the industry radio show. And our first guest was Chris. Our second was, I think, Dan Chris Stephen Coyer. Holm, Chris Coyer. Yeah. And that built out from there. And then all of a sudden we had a presence online, you know, like I remember getting emails, people telling me like, oh, I didn't know this was going on or, you know. Just random stuff, right? Just like, thank you for having this on the web so that I know these things rather than having to go and find this information for myself, right? And then I remember some articles just blowing up. Um, Gannon Burgett, Gannon Burgett, one of our, our writers, wrote this article um, beginning of January 2013 called The 13 Trends for 2013. 13 Design Trends for 2013. And that blew up. Like Gizmodo was one of his favorite blogs. And I remember waking up like 4 a.m. in the morning. Gizmodo was like emailing us saying they want to like resyndicate that article. Right. And like, obviously I wanted to respond within half a second. Like, yes. Right. And I was like, oh, I got to come off professional. So I staggered my response. I waited like two or three hours. And I was like, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'm Jared, blah, 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 blah. Like I'll reach out to our reporter who covered this and like make sure that <laughs> and, like Jesus. I'm texting Gannon. I'm like Gannon. He's like, what? Gannon. What? <laughs> Get it? What? Gizmodo. He's like, what about it? They would have. And he's like, freaking the fuck out. He's like, Are they, did they do it yet? I was like, no, I didn't respond. He's like, why the fuck have you? <laughs> like, I responded and like, you know, that went up and that crashed the site, I believe, for that day, which was crazy. And just like random stuff. Um, Ari had written an article on like, you know, 
lessons that we can draw from what Apple did with the iPhone 5, like when they resized it and all that stuff. And like, you know, how, how would this affect like app interfaces and, um, just, just different stuff. Right. And I remembered, I always pride, I always is prided a word. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, 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 for sure. Let's go with it. It's Probably. understandable. Yeah. I prided. <laughs> it, really, it sounds weird, but it I think really it's right. suck if it's not a word. I prided. <laughs> it really suck if it's not a word. But anyway, I prided the industry for um for covering an angle of the story that no one else would cover, right? So if Apple released something, TechCrunch and all the other blogs would say like what the price point was. Um what was new in terms of the tech specs like mm-hmm. you know it's a a7 chip now right and blah 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 and um their quarterly like earnings report and that was it right and i remember like when we would start writing our coverage of these th- of these things and we never like really pushed for breaking the news because obviously we can't break it over like TechCrunch or something even though we had our we had our times where we actually broke news which was kind of cool but we always took the angle of what are the things that every designer or every builder is going to think about when they see these announcements and let's write about them yeah. right and not write about them from like an authority standpoint where it's like this is what the design committee is going to do rather what if we did this right and then get a conversation started so if we use the iphone for example it would be exactly what ari did it wasn't oh you know the iphone was announced at 9 41 a.m this time rather than this blah 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 blah. or did you see how steve jobs was like limping a little, or none of that stuff right it was like hey guys there's a new phone it's taller what happens to all the apps? Like yeah. When you get that device and you download all the apps, what happens? Does it stretch, right? Does it blow up 25%? Um, what does this mean for, for new apps, right? What, et cetera. And um, that always fascinated me. And that was something that I held there. It's it, to the point that like I started doing it on the side with my own personal blog. Um, on Subtle, which I have not written an article on. 2013. Two, yep. Two, been a while. Years. How do you know that? I checked it today, dude. Oh, you gotta yeah. do research. You know, been all I think my here. last article was Go Home iOS 7, You're Drunk. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's actually is, true. And it was like the same, you know, content there. It wasn't, everyone was talking about iOS 7 and the industry talked about iOS 7's visuals, you know, which made sense that we would cover that. And then I even extrapolated from there and it was like what I feel about iOS 7 at that time. And I think I was kind of like alluding to um, to someone that is drunk where it's like, you know, <laughs> they their speech isn't impaired, blah, 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 blah. But they're still smart. They're still, the, the intelligence is still up there. They just can't communicate There's it. the appearance of thought. It's just poorly <laughs> exactly. communicated. And I was, you know, drawing a comparison to iOS 7 where like what Apple was going for um, made sense. It's just that they're they very the early, not even missed the target, just their very early interpretation did not, I didn't know what the fuck they were saying. It made, <laughs> right? Are you saying it made it through the door, but it staggered through Yeah, it? like they slurred, <laughs> nice. they slurred some words, right? Yes. And I think I ended that piece with, well, you know, anyone that gets drunk, at some point they sober up, and Apple will sober up and actually clean up the OS, and I feel that that actually happened at some point. So. Oh, you do feel that it happened? Yeah. I mean, there, there's still things in iOS that look funky to me, but like overall, it's a lot better than when they first showed it. How much do you live in first-party apps? I was talking to Christoph about this today on Twitter. Like an Apple app. I have most of them in a folder called Apple. I have most of them in in a folder labeled with a poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like 
those were Apple's apps. iOS 7 was like essentially a reskin with some added functionality. So I was saying the reskin missed the mark just a little bit, but once mm-hmm. they sober up, they'll clear it up, and I feel that they did. Um, their first-party apps, though, I still don't like. So yeah. for Mail, I bounce between Mailbox and Inbox. For Calendar, I use Sunrise. Um, for uh, Browser, I use Chrome. I do use Apple's camera app. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense, though. <laughs> I mean, that, that's like a that's a hardware level feature, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only they can access it the yeah. way they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I use Google Maps. And I use Evernote. So, yeah, I just have a folder Apple, and every single one of their apps are inside there. Dude, so okay. Settings. I have lots more questions about the industry, but jumping ahead in today's design blog world Mm -hmm. do you think you could pull off the same thing again starting from scratch is there still that need if you had time would you Mm -hmm. want to yes do you think that there's still that need for that type of uh editorial i guess um not as much i would say when the industry started um there was a great need because these conversations were not being held Right. Um, since then, the amount of conferences have gone up. The amount of, you know, um, podcasts have gone up. Um, Writers on Medium. Yeah, Medium was a really, really big help. Right. These conversations are happening now. Right. Um, if anything, I would say that the conversations that are being held right now. Um, how do I phrase this? I think there are some conversations that should be held that are not being held, right? So so backtracking, when the industry started, the problem was no conversations were being held. Now they are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to create another blog, it would be to start the conversations that I feel are still not being held. Sorry, can you give an example without like killing your ideas? Yeah. So I'm really interested in the part design plays in business, right? Um, I feel that when I first moved to San Francisco, designers were seen as like really flashy, well-dressed people that sit together in a corner. They don't sit with engineering. They don't sit with PMs. They don't sit with anyone on BD or whatnot. And they're just like, oh, this is a problem that the company defined. Um, PM spec'd out. Engineering already like knows what the first V1 implementation would be. Make it look pretty, Right. And then designers would hop in a room and it's like, oh, you know, let's let's make this mood board and like let's put these stuff up here and this stuff up here and then like land on something that looks pretty and then dribble it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh-huh. you know, we've come a long way from there in in a very short amount of time, I'd say, within the past two years. And now we're at the stage where you see things like designer fund coming up and like you know, um, John Meta at like KPCB and designers go into VC firms as design partners or DIRs. And, and you, you ask the question, like, why is that happening? And it's because design's finding their place in business, right? And when I say business, that's a vague term. I mean actual decision-making, right? Yeah. It's no longer that we are given the fully specced out, defined problem and just told to put a visual paint on it. We're now being brought into the conversations like, hey, we don't even know what the problem is. What's your thought, Right. And I feel that we can take another step where it's like we are just in that room. You know, I've seen blogs where it's like designers getting their seat at the table and all this different stuff. Like, I want that, right? And 
Yes, there are from time to time blogs or, or articles written on Medium or, or really short tweets on Twitter or whatnot. But I don't feel that there's any home to that information, right? If there is, if like more people start talking about this, I don't feel the need to start anything. But if I don't see it and if I find the time, I want to start that. And it's not that I have all the answers. I, I doubt I have any of them. I'm asking these questions myself day to day at Teespring. But um, I feel that there are people who have it. So if it's in the form of a podcast, if it's in the form of a blog, I just want a presence for those conversations to, to be held. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so th- that's one example, which is just like design and business. Um, another example would be, you know, transcending this idea of devices, right? Like for a long time, it was desktop and mobile. Then we're like, okay, desktop, tablet, and mobile. Then we're like, all right, responsive design or like a design that works across multiple devices. And I was actually talking to a friend yesterday, like, um, Apple, somewhere on apple.com. I don't know if this was intentional, if it was just like a visual like treatment, but they have this screen where it shows the Apple Watch all the way up to like their iMac, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same the image. image. Yeah, it's like it's the same image on each of their devices, right? And that's like that imagery is just so powerful to me because it's like, hey, it's no longer, it's the same content, it's just on different literally screen sizes right there, one experience there's like a thousand x difference in the screen exactly. size from from the apple watch up to the 5k yeah, iMac exactly it's insane yeah and you know i want to get to a point where i'm given a problem or i'm brought into a room to even understand what the problem is and then craft a solution that works across all experiences right um i don't know what that would look like either i always use the movie her as a as <laughs> yeah. a reference, like we were talking that, about that the other day. Yeah, that movie movie was just so beautifully executed. Where it was, it was like one organism. Like technology just became like this organism that this guy experienced everywhere he went. Right, and it was like even like the person or what was her name? Samantha. Samantha. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I almost said Sarah, but it's Samantha. Yeah. Let's just let's just go by Miss Johansson. So yeah. like, <laughs> so Miss Johansson was like the perfect um what's the term what is it like the perfect ai no they perfect personal assistant they always say like the best personal assistant is some or not assistant. it's like a companion there's i can't remember how the the phrase goes but it's along the lines of like the perfect personal assistant is someone who gives you what you need before you even request it right okay and it's like anytime you spoke to her like she just had the answer right or sometimes she's like oh i know what you're about to ask like blah 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 right like she'd already gone through his emails exactly exactly that, yeah. right and like that experience, I know it was a movie and I know that they had to come up with it to match the time, but I don't think they were that far off, right? And I'm looking at where we are today and where that movie was and I'm like, like, how do we have to start thinking to build products that will one day like live in that world, right? Mm-hmm. And the first thing I saw was Apple's webpage with uh, I, I watch all the, sorry, Apple Watch all the way up to uh, iMac, right? And it's like, what's the device after the iMac? Is it like my wall, right? Is it my apartment? Is it my car? Like, what is that, right? And what's even what's going to be smaller than the Apple Watch? Like, is it that thing that guy wore to like actually talk to to Miss Johansson, right? Which a bunch of those earpieces came out immediately after. Yeah, which is kind of funny. The Moto, uh, I can't think what they call it. Is there's a Motorola in ear thing? There's the ear in, Mm -hmm. which was a uh, Kickstarter, and then there's another Kickstarter. I can't remember what it's called. It's like Bold or some Mm -hmm. ridiculous name. Uh, but yeah, like that launched a whole thing and people were like thinking about that a lot. And the sound interface is so remarkable. Like between it's, it's not just voice. It's also the feedback you yeah. get. 
Yeah. Which. Hmm. Yeah, and it's like, it's and, just so fascinating. Like, I, I don't know how to wrap my head around it. Like, what what will designers be designing, like, five years from now? But I don't remember. It's not going to be another Postmates. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember seeing any screens in that movie either. Yeah, it's beyond It was all ambient and yeah. everything. Like, that is actual experiences, right? Yeah. And I know we still kind of, I know it's phasing out, but we still do support the term user experience designer, right? Uh-huh. I wonder wow. if product is it phasing out though. I wish it I, I, I don't I think it, it is. I see it pop up from time to time on LinkedIn. But People are like UX UI. I'm like so product uh, then. Good. I always I, define I always define product designer as someone that like has a very strong sense of visual treatment, UX, and product, right? Yeah. And like some sense of interaction. Um, but at that point, that's an experience. It's not a product anymore. Like there's no physical thing that he was touching. He was just like experiencing a product, right? Mm-hmm. So is it? Is it experience designer? A friend of mine, Jeremy, who's actually, I think, on the podcast next week or something? Uh, we recorded with him Monday. He's coming on, yeah, right after you. Got it. So, oh, you already recorded we're, with him? Yeah, we're releasing it next. Got it. So, um, he says it's just going to be designer, right? Like, there's not going to be which makes any, sense. any pre-word, which is kind of fascinating to me. Um, to me, I think there still has to be a differentiation for, like, digital versus uh, industrial things like that, but that makes sense. I think the vast majority of designers will be digital designers, so it kind of makes sense to just have it be a general thing like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, no, no one calls themselves a digital designer these days, right? Like that. That seems like really nineties. I've seen digital product designer. I imagine those are people who are trying to clear up that they don't design physical products. I don't know. I just. I, I guess know. it depends on the world you come from. Yeah, like for yeah. us, I and who you're. I talking assume. To. I assume digital, but maybe so, you come from a. A state yeah. that assumes industrial. Speaking of where do you come from, how how was the transition out here? It was funny. Um, so I I touched on places I lived. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, lived briefly in Sweden. Um, I lived briefly in like Trinidad and Venezuela. It's like South America, like the very very top of South America, and moved back to Brooklyn. And then I moved to Brooklyn to Baltimore, uh, which is where most of my dad's family lives. Okay. And then I moved from Baltimore <clears throat> to San Francisco in 2013, like April 2013, so two years ago. And I remember when I landed at SFO, it was the first time I had ever been to San Francisco. I had been to San Jose and Anaheim a few times, but never SF. And I remember getting off the plane and the temperature Mm-hmm. Good. This is this is cool. Like I I left Baltimore like forty degrees and it was like cold rain and then I land and it's like sunny and chill. Yeah. And then I open up my weather app because I'm like this must be a hiccup in the weather. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna like you know reset tomorrow. And it was the same temperature. It was like sixty two or something. I'm like, well, this is weird. This is kind of cool though. And I remember downloading Uber. Like on the flight, like I, I connected my Wi-Fi. It was a long download. It's shitty internet up there. Go go. <laughs> but yeah, and I like everyone's just like I, I see everyone around me doing it like so casually. But I'm like, shit, I'm about to call an Uber, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, like open up the app, and I'm like, it's like set destination, and I'm like SFO, right? And then I see this car come out, and I'm expecting him. I, I called an Uber Black, right? I, I don't know if they had Uber X back. I don't think they had Uber X yet. Did they? UberX and if came they had shortly before I moved out here. Even if they had UberX, it would have defaulted to Uber Black. 
And I was just like, well, okay, this is what everyone's talking about, right? So I, I call that and the car pulled up and I, I was expecting the guy to like lean and like honk at me, you know, like a typical <laughs> New York City cab driver. But this guy opened up the door and he walked over and he's like, Mr. Rondu. And I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> so he like takes my bag, puts it in the trunk and I, get in like this cozy leather seat i'm sitting down and he's like where would you like to go and i'm like i'm still like just mesmerized by like and he's like sir sir where would you like to go? And i was like oh shit so like pull out my phone i'm like looking through to actually see what my apartment number is and i'm i'm like pine street right and then we head to my place and like i'm just like just looking around i'm like wow like 60 something degree weather cars who come and pick you up and call you by your last name Put put your pack, your, sorry, not your package, your luggage in the trunk and stuff. And then I get there, and then he's like, "Is this the place?" And I'm like, "Well, sure, yeah." First time I'm looking at it, but all right, <laughs> cool. And then he comes around, opens up, like I'm coming out here. Ready has my bag, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Like I, it felt like remember like coming to America that movie with Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Eddie Murphy or something yeah. like when he's just like, "Oh shit!" Like this is the like that was me. I'm still in America, but like I'm like, "Wow, this is completely different than East Coast, mm-hmm. right?" And I went in and just chilled. And I remember falling asleep really, really, would it be early or late? Early that night. It was like probably 9 p.m. or something, and which to me is really early. I go to bed like 2 a.m. And I woke up like 6 a.m. the next morning, like just ready for the day. And that happened for about like a month until my natural laziness kicked in and I reset to being a night yep. person. <laughs> but, um, but first week was crazy. Um, it was the first time that I called myself a product designer. Uh, I remember like updating like my LinkedIn and it was like product designer. Where was that at? Omada Health. That's what I thought. Um, And like updating that and then going and changing my Twitter bio from like um, writer at industry knows his way around Photoshop to like product designer at Omada. Co- co-founder of industry, right? <laughs> it's like, oh shit. You I grew could, up. Yeah, I could call myself one of these things, right? And um I just remembered, like, I walked into work for the first day, and everyone had a cup of coffee. And to give you some context, like, up until that day, I'd never drank a cup of coffee in my life. And I'm like, what is this thing? Oh, you'll learn quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what is this thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm about to buy a coffee maker. Like, that's how I know I've been in this city way too long. But but I'm like... But what kind of coffee maker? Is it a good one? Oh, God, here we go. It's... Are you like... This is important design yes, here, man. Yes, he is. He's one of those guys. I found this thing called Poppy. Yeah, the quirky one. Yeah. That makes a lot that of sense. That looks sick. It's it's not available yet. Yeah, granted. At it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll have a coffee maker in about like two... Whenever it comes out. I was going to say two quarters. My God. Um, in about six months... I'm have one. You've so two quarters now. then. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Q3. I'll have, let's, let's convert Q, that back. Q3, Q4, I'll have one. But um, yeah, that looks cool. I don't even think I'm getting it to make coffee my girlfriend drinks a lot of coffee she's like super italian i don't know if that's racist is that racist i don't think so. i don't think that's I don't think racist italian, when i said it to her she italian like looked at me well. like blah, 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 blah. so i don't know i don't think so coffee isn't particularly italian except for espresso which was invented mm-hmm. to keep workers on the line which wow blows my mind yeah really? they wanted to condense the caffeine and experience into a very short amount of time which is why it's called espresso express interesting i get excited <laughs> about these stupid things yeah She's the one that told me Italians love to drink coffee. So when I turned around and said, oh, my God, you like coffee drinkers, I was surprised that she like got all upset. But anyway, I'm getting it really for her so that she mm-hmm. can drink coffee. But then also because I think it's cool that when the coffee beans are running low, it will automatically order more coffee beans from, from Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. The head of... Uh 
guess it missed its mark with the whole dash thing, right? I was just telling. Oh no, it's using no, it's, dash. It's with dash. It's using it has dash, dash built so into like, it. Yeah, it's dash, not a button. Like the dash button is Amazon's like it has a physical scale in interpretation the of their own thing. It has a scale in the grinder, and when that scale gets below a certain level, it will order you new beans. No, I'm with you, but that's not through Amazon, is it? It's through Amazon. So what? Amazon has like a platform thing called Dash. That oh, not shit. just the buttons. Oh, the buttons are just it. the new hardware. Exactly. That's just oh. their physical like presence. They're like not everything will integrate this automatically. Yeah. Uh, They're just one way to do it. Wow, yeah. that's cool. But yeah, I walk in the office. Everyone had a cup of coffee, and I was like, "This is weird." And I sit down, and like my um, who I was reporting to, like walks up. He's like, "Hey, I'm Jesse." Blah 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 blah. You want a cup of coffee? And I'm like, "No, no." He didn't say you want a cup of coffee. He's like black. Like, assuming that, like, naturally you are a coffee drinker. And I'm like, yes, because I thought, dead serious, I thought he was asking me if I was black. And I'm like... <laughs> no way. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at him yeah. like, why? I was like, yeah, like, yes, I am. And then he's like, all right, okay, cool. And then he, <laughs> like, disappears <laughs> in the kitchen. And then, like, I'm looking back, and I'm like awkward i'm like texting my cousin i'm like guess what the first question i got asked at work is and she's like what i'm like black she's like he didn't say anything else i'm like no no no. he just said black (laughs) and then like he comes back with a cup of coffee and then he like puts on my table and then i'm looking at i didn't even connect it because i don't i didn't know that like that's what it meant right i'm like oh this is just a super super dark brown drink in my cup so i didn't even connect that that is what he meant when he was asking him i'm looking at the coffee i'm like when did i ask him for coffee and i'm just i'm like i put it down and i'm starting to working and then like five minutes later i finally connected what he was asking (laughs) and i felt so bad i'm like why why did I think this is the question you're asking me? And why did I tell you to not waste this coffee, right? And it sat there and it got cold, obviously. But um, that was my first experience with coffee. And that was my first experience with working in, like, a actual startup environment. And it, it was a really cool experience. I was there for about six months. I, I went there through a program called um, Bridge, which is something that Designer Fund does, um, I, I think, like, biannually. And the it's three months, and at the end of the three months, I decided to stay on for a bit. I communicated to the founders going in that like I'd most likely leave to go back because my parents were like, "Hey, you know, when you're done, you still got that college thing to do." And I said, if I were to stay on longer, it would probably be like an extra month or two. Um, I ended up staying on three extra months because I just really loved the product and I really loved the team. Um, Karim Sue over there, right? Yeah, Karim Karim's there now. Daniel Waldron, um, yep. a few other people. Um, Paula, who does like Tinkering Monkey, like these like cool logo yeah, yeah. stuff. Um, and I ended up staying on longer because the, the project was fascinating. Like it, how do we use to like pitch it? Like preventing preventable diseases. I think now they say like pioneering digital health or whatnot. What's what they have a site that I think either Dan or Karim just tweeted about. Um, that it's like a prevention site. Invention? Prevention site. Prevention? Mm-hmm. And it showed like, uh, how obesity affects the body and it had the most amazing animations. Nice. Was it like, was it? promoting the product called prevent it might have been so that's that the product i worked sense. on what, what was the url for that Preventnow.com. that's it nice yep yeah so that's what i worked on um worked on the marketing pages for amada health and prevent and the actual product prevent which is really cool it um it was about you know type 2 diabetes is preventable mm-hmm. and if we catch people in their pre-diabetic phase, what's not to say that if they do A, B, and C, they could not go back to like healthy living. 
and it was my first time experiencing like physical products too because we had like an actual scale that would connect to your um, connect to your account and when you step on it every day that information sent kind of like Fitbit or whatever mm-hmm. um, and we had like yeah the Fitbit Aria that mm-hmm. oh, yeah yeah we had a few things and uh, that was fun. What was interesting though is I remember when I was doing, when I was signing up for Bridge and it was like showing the companies that you could like work with. Um, I picked Omada amongst other ones. I think it was like uh, the ones I was looking at was like Stripe and, um, I think Pinterest or something. Um, but what was fascinating about Omada is a lot of my family is in the medical field. Like my dad has six siblings and, um, I think five of them are in the medical field, which is kind of crazy. And I was surrounded by medicine growing up. Like, I remember, like, I'm at school and, like, a friend, like, hits their head and I'm telling them, like, all the, like, the first three things they have to do. And they're like, <laughs> the hell, why do you know this? Compression, elevation. Elevation, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, and I felt jaded to the health community. I was like, I, I can't do this. Like, they used to be like, oh, do you want to be a doctor? I'm like, nah, I'm good. Um, but it was like, oh, a motto. Like, I get to do this design thing that I've been, like, fascinated about. Plus, I get to dabble in health, right? And so I did that. Plus, my also one of my sub side secret agendas was if I work at this company, my parents will think it's legit and not tell me to leave to go to college. I've done so many things because hey, my parents will like understand this. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that was it fun. Um, and then from there, I went to Obvious Corp. So that's like you worked on Lyft there. Yeah, Lyft. The, Which is now Coach something? Was obvious at the time was Medium, Branch, and Lyft. I think Branch went to Facebook. Yep. Lyft just rebranded as Coach.me, yeah. Yeah. And then Medium is, in my opinion, basically Obvious Corp now. Obvious yeah. has, yeah. like, their venture arm now. It's it's the um, majority, yeah. 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 And that was fun. Like, I remember, like, walking in there for my first time, and, like, Ev was there. God. Like, Jeez, man. <laughs> Oh, like that guy is at EV on Twitter. Like, how the hell did he get that? Oh shit, he found it in his wife. And um, that was cool. Like, the, he's a really, really, really interesting and smart guy. Um, I didn't actually work too closely with him. I had one design review with him, which is kind of crazy. It was it was myself, Tony Stubblebine, who's the CEO of Lyft, um, well, coach that me, and Ev, and we're in the room, and um, I pull up my mocks. I'm just there, like looking. And then Tony's like, Jared, the mocks? Jared, the mocks? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like plug in my laptop and I bring up all these screens and everything. And then I, I remember that up until that point, anytime I pulled up designs, like everyone would say, ooh, like ah, right? Which kind of stems back to what we were talking about earlier with designers being in the corner of the room and asked to just put a visual paint to a pro, uh, you know, spec out problem. And I remember putting these things up on the screen, expecting that. Like I was just like, I was just waiting to hear like an ooh from Ev, right? And then Ev's like looking at it, just like, just emotionless, right? I can't tell if he loves it or, or if he thinks this is the worst thing he's ever seen in his life. And he's like, where's the status bar? It was a mobile app, right? And I was like, oh shit, like, let me turn the layer on real quick. So I turn on the layer. I'm like, now he's going to say Una. And he's like, all right, cool. Um, do you have any other like directions? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bring up the other directions. I like pull up like four and he's just like, okay. Um, so here's what's wrong with the second one, right? And he, it, it wasn't like, you know, like, oh, this is shit. It was actual structured feedback, right? And Constructive. Yeah, like structured because there are people who suck at communicating feedback. Yes. <clears throat> Constructive feedback, right? Yeah. And 
it was really, really helpful. That was, in my opinion, my first legit design review, right? Obviously, I did them at Omada, but, like, I didn't do them with F. And he, <laughs> it feels like a whole different world. I can see that. And, was, like... Hmm? So you were... Okay. Thinking out loud. Was Dustin Senos there? Senos? Yes, he was upstairs. Okay. Yeah. Like, like we're... What's it called? Lyft was, like, on one floor in medium. Actually, sorry, downstairs. Medium was on the third floor at the time. And, um... That's funny. I said he was downstairs, like if we're visualizing a building or something. <laughs> um, yeah, he was there, but not in this meeting. Um, and how Ev gave the feedback was kind of like, if you are actually a product designer, it's it should be obvious to you what you did right. So me taking the time to restate what you did right is a waste of the time, right? Yes. Like we have 30 minutes in this room. Yes. So I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Continue. You're coming at Brian a little bit. <laughs> okay. You're, you're helping me win an argument a little bit. Oh, that's funny. Wait, what? The way you present feedback is totally different from the way I do, which is I present the bad stuff because you should know the good stuff. Hmm. He's hmm. a very positive person. I can't handle it sometimes. So, yeah, there, I'll touch on that. There's, <laughs> there's a, you know, yeah. I'll, there's I'll a balance. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> He didn't say this, but like that's what I got, right? Where it's like, you know what's good, so let me not waste time restating that. And obviously this guy's a really, really busy man, so he just pointed out what he felt did not feel right and possible directions to take, right? Which is like the key part. Because anyone can say, I don't like it. It's another thing to say, I don't like it. I don't like this specific element. Have you tried this, this, and this, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know... Maybe if we restructure this element in the top right, it like just nullifies this problem altogether, right? And his feedback was really helpful. And Tony was like, wow, I didn't even think of that, blah, 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 blah. And I remember getting ready to leave the room, and then he tapped my shoulder. He's like, it looks good, though, right? And, <laughs> yes. and then I walk out. <laughs> Booyah. So if anything, to like help your argument here, I would say <laughs> when time is short, get straight to the point. Just talk about what what is not being communicated well and ways to do that but say it in an inspiring manner so if you can't do that then yes it's good to like restate at the end that like it is good Mm -hmm. but if you can talk with inspiration where it's like hey like i understand where you're going here i think you missed it just a little bit because maybe you didn't consider this or blah 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 then you don't have to say at the end oh it looks good don't don't cry right (laughs) (laughs) but if you're like and i suffer from this too like i don't know what i'm not emotionless but like i don't i I like to be terse with it for some reason so you should know. Like, yeah. that, that's exactly like how my, I feel. Yeah, my feedback has become like more dry like when I talk. So I, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And then like, you know, like any designer in the room is kind of like, okay. And I'm like, but blah, 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 right? And then just like... Off you got to smile at him. Yeah. 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 You, you want to inspire the person. It's not like, oh, I'm shitting on your design, right? It's like, hey, we all work together. It's, it's in all of our best interest to ship the best product, right? So know that when I'm telling you what's wrong, it's because I don't want it to be wrong anymore. Right, and then just communicate that in a way that inspires them to actually make it right. They shouldn't focus on the fact that you said something negative. They should focus on what you said. Mm-hmm. It it shouldn't be the amount of work that went into it that drives something, or the ego that went into something that drives something. It should yeah. be this product has to win for all of us to win. Yeah. Like, and if you if you're suffering from that, then that's that's an issue on the design team. So many designers conflate their ego with their work, and that that can't happen or else you're just yeah you're it's a natural thing mood. to do yeah. it's hard to separate everything should be an iterative process you know what i degree. think helps um 
So when I was making the transition from a designer who sits in a room and makes something look pretty to a designer that actually tries to understand the problem, I suffered from that for a bit when I would get feedback and um, I, I, I would like, you know, instinct would kick in and like be resistant to it. And one thing I tried just for the heck of it was um, not to flesh out my direction so early mm-hmm. and to just it's, it's common sense as i say it now but like you know everyone learns at their own pace yep and i just tried two or three different possible directions before i even presented anything and when i presented it it wasn't it no longer came off like we are shitting on your one design it is we are given feedback we are giving feedback to the two to three things that you're presenting to us right and then now it's like oh well they said nothing about that they said nothing about that and they said nothing about that so essentially if i just push those together that's a good solution right <laughs> yeah and what I think actually helped with that is I did not become attached to my solution because it was not the only one, right? If I come and present like three, like three cupcakes, like there, for people who are listening, there are two donuts in front of me, right? Um, I told because, the donut story in the Christy Tillman episode. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Why. Yeah, what's wrong with the chocolate donut, man? Oh, I'm just not eating it because <laughs> I don't want them to hear me eating. Go listen to episode four if you care about the donut story. Otherwise, it, donuts. There are yeah. donuts. Yeah. So if you brought me three donuts and you're like, sorry, if I brought you three donuts that I made and you're like, you, you like taste test each of them and you're like, actually, um, the first one's like kind of like to this. I don't know like what flavors like people would be describing when it comes to donut taste. <laughs> this one's like, pretty yeah. donutty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, got lots of dough and a little yeah. bit of nut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, this one's too much this, or this one's like, this one has this going for it, but like not this, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. In my head, I'm crafting the perfect donut now. Mm-hmm. Right? So the shape is working, but the texture's off. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, well, they said this about that. They said, if I brought you one donut and you bit into to it and you said all that same stuff, I'm like, well, they just fucking hate my shit. Right? <laughs> right? I'm the worst donut designer exactly, ever. Exactly, right? You, you don't feel, you don't, you don't want it. And then that's when the ego kicks in and you start defending the shit. It's like, no, I, I found it, like, I found that recipe on Pinterest, bro. That shit had like 40 repids. That is a good recipe. But I don't like the green sprinkles. <laughs> exactly. So I think that helps. Okay. Right? Just so, like just crafting more solutions before you actually, you know, go before and Before you flush, it, flush out. it out. What does that mean? Are you doing wireframes for that? Is it I mean, a grayscale mock? It, it's different things for different people. Like at Teespring, um, Josh Sertino does this amazing stuff where he actually designs the whole thing and then grayscales it. And then goes and switches out text for like bars, right? So that when he's in spec yep. review or, or in a review at a PM or whatnot, they don't see the visual treatment. They just see the, the, the content layout, right? That works for him. Didi Medina and the design team, what he does is he's, he's really, really good at wireframing, but he wireframes with color. So like he has like this, um, really cool paper called like Copex or Copex or something. It's like, it's thicker and it like, it absorbs, um, moisture. And he has like, you know, just like the standard like um, line pens and then like these marker things that are essentially watercolor, but it absorbs really quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just the it's just slightly more fidelity than like your standard wireframe. Right. And that works for him. So he he's um he's visually gifted. And like if anyone has that skill set, they're going to push to like have visual treatment in their you know, in their thing. And that is that gives him just enough of it. Where it's not just a basic wireframe with lines and stuff. It's like, this is the kind of color I'm going for here. This is the kind of affordance I'm going for down here, right? And then he will do two or three of those and then present those and then get the same feedback he wants. So some people are fine with just wireframes. I do post-it notes 
Like I used to like do the whole like crazy wireframe stuff. Now I just have like a shit ton of post posting notes to my my desk. I just like quickly scribble something together and then I put three. And I'm like, tell me what's wrong with all three of them, right? So warp speed then. Yeah. <laughs> I said yes way too fast. I wouldn't say warp speed. It's just uh, I gotta move quick. Okay. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> smooth. Yeah. So um, you know, it's it's different things for different people. I wouldn't say like everyone, you know, stop what you're doing, don't go to Photoshop first, wireframe. I, I definitely read blogs that say that, but mm-hmm. I don't like when people say this is the one size fit all solution, right? The the main takeaway is don't design one solution unless unless you're one hundred percent sure that's going to nail it, right? Because if you do Natural human tendency will will kick in and you will become attached to that solution. And anyone who tries to poke a hole in that, you're going to defend the shit out of it like it's your baby, yes. right? Unless you are the most selfless person on earth who will give your child to someone because they said, I'm a better mother, <laughs> right? You are going to defend the shit out of it, right? So, yeah, that's pretty much it. One of the coolest tricks I learned that I've gotten really into recently is uh, I set the default style in Sketch to just a default gray. Edge. But 60% or like... A, a low opacity mm-hmm. so that things can stack on top of each other and continue to show increasing uh, scale or mm-hmm. increasing hierarchy without having to change any of the shapes. Yeah. So I can just default, I can just do a circle, I can do a square, whatever, move it around. I don't have to color anything mm-hmm. to show a concept. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. It, I've also seen the opacity um, thing just like killed it for me. Yeah, I could see that. I'm like visualizing it in my head. <laughs> Um, another benefit is this, this is funny. I was talking to Josh about this like a couple of days ago, like one of like my, I don't know why I always say like secret agendas. Josh it's is coming not, on the show secret, too. Yeah. Um, one of my secret agendas, cause I just can't think of a better term at Teespring and just like wherever I find myself is helping the people around me understand that designers are not magicians. Right. <laughs> Where it's like, ooh, that's pretty. Like, how did you do that? Right. <laughs> like, what magic trick did you do this time? Right. And the easiest way, like, obviously, you can sit everyone down in your office who's, who's never worked with a product designer or, or who doesn't know the difference between that and like an artist and say, this is what we do, blah, 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 blah. Yes, it'll work to some extent. Some people will get it. Some people just are, will not. Um, but what I found to be an easy way to get people to understand that is showing your process, right? Or, or showing the steps you took to get to that solution. So coming back to this idea of like, you know, a designer who just crafts like this full on, full on high fidelity, like um, answer to a problem versus someone who comes up with like two or three low fidelity to like mid fidelity, like interpretations or directions, right? Yeah. The person who does the former, obviously you're going to get the standard questions from PMs. Like, have you considered this? Yes. Have you, yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If it's the other one, when you start really small, when they give you that feedback, the chances of you haven't done it, you've, you may have thought about it, but the chances of you having already done it is pretty low, right? The other benefit to doing that is that you can you can actually show people that you did it. Yeah. Half the time, if you're like, yeah, I tried that, the bounce didn't work. Yeah. Explain that to someone. Exactly. They're like, yeah. really, though? Especially the terminology, too. If you just too. Yeah. pull it up, you can be like, yeah, it's see, much look, it looks bad. Yeah. And then, like, we, um, we've been using Wake at work. Ah, like, yeah, I, I, I just started that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, you've been I using it? it? 
I uh, just started it this week, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like, we were trying to find... It was funny, like, Yabang, who's our VP of product, like, he's telling me, dude, I think, like, the design team's, like, the team that tries the most services <laughs> within the company. I'm like, trust me... i had that me. conversation so many times. <laughs> yeah. I was like, trust me, we're trying these things out to see what works, right? PMs, it's always a new methodology, and In designers, design, it's always <laughs> a new tool. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Ah, it's like, all right, let's try lean. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Scrum. Yeah, so for us, like... um how the fit we found is we used it for a different purpose um, than the purpose that was pitched on like the landing page, which was, hey, like, um, I, I, I don't know. Let me just scratch that. I'll start over. So what we found that works for us is we've connected it to a Slack channel called Design Team that's public. So we have a design private channel just for us to communicate. And there's a public one that anyone can like ping to like ask us anything, right? Um but that channel has since been repurposed to just being like a Pinterest of the design team, right? So we've connected it that every time you wake, our shot appears inside there. And that Slack channel is essentially just a feed of all our shots, right? And here and there, it's like a PM or someone in the company like, oh, that looks cool or oh, that looks cool, right? And um, we've gotten in the habit of oversharing and then like, we don't, you know, like pulling it back until we find like a happy medium or something that works for all of us. And what has happened now is, you know, now that Wake has like the iPhone app, like we would wireframe, just like designers would like pair up, go and wireframe something on the board and then wake that, right? And then that's, that's in our and that's in our channel. And then all of a sudden, like two days later, you see like, you know, Kyle like wake the actual full thing. And then anyone who's been following that channel can connect, oh shit, that's like the wireframe from two days ago, right? They since iterated on evolution. it and got to this point, right? They yeah, see the evolution, gosh. exactly. So it's no longer like, oh, this is my full-on solution, like poke holes at it. All right, sorry, don't poke holes at it. It's like, hey, this is where it came from, right? It also gives PMs and other people in the company an opportunity to input much earlier, right? Like yeah. if I wireframe something and they're like, oh, um, Pedro, what did you mean by like that one thing, right? And Pedro's like, oh, like that's a placeholder, right? And then two days later, Pedro... Um, um, wakes the same thing and then Kadir like one of our parents is like hey what about this or whatnot and then Pedro just quickly does that right Josh is hilarious like Josh if you ask if you like point something out in wake he will quickly mock the change and then wake that and then like undo right <laughs> so it's like everyone sees it it's the fastest way for when someone says have you tried this to just like communicate that right, uh-huh. right then and there right because it's also saved right it's not like I moved the shape around live in like a spec review meeting then moved it back and um, you know didn't save it so it's pretty cool I like it. I just like the idea of showing your work early and when you are tackling a problem, um, finding multiple directions that you could take. And I'm not saying like do multiple directions for the sake of it. If someone's saying like we need a drop down, like don't waste <laughs> your time and like craft 40 different drop downs. down, left, right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, this is the idea. Um, just for in case, like if we're trying to like, uh, I saw in the style guy yesterday, we're trying to do this. I made this version too. Like, what do you guys think? Right. Like today I'm working on something with, um, on Teespring and we are thinking about how our filter system would work. Right. And obviously the two standard paradigms is either above the content or to the side of the content. Right. And I just wireframe those two things and I just like put it up on the board and just pulled people to it and showed both and said, what are your, um, what are your frustrations with this direction versus this direction, right? And I just took notes of all this different stuff. Rather than me deciding, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm creative director. This is the direction we're taking, right? And then, <laughs> two, spec, and then two spec <laughs> reviews later, I'm showing it like this is the full thing. And then someone raises their hand and say, actually, like the top one's not going to work because this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, how about we just drop those features because this is what we're shipping, right? Easy way to avoid that. So, This is my own uh, naivety. 
naivety naivete naivete uh what is the job description of a creative director that's interesting i don't know that changes from company to company yeah i yeah. guess it's company to, well, how do you interpret the role so it's funny i'll tell you how i even got the title <laughs> um that's a good start yeah so a friend of mine um dan petty uh just context on this guy he doesn't full-time anywhere dan petty like, is the one who kind of like he mentioned you in an interview that's how i discovered you that's, that's how i learned who you were oh was it the fast company one could have been that, that makes like it was like something like first designer at medium thing could have been uh he said something about who or like who do you think is like a really talented up-and-comer and he said jared arondu and oh dude then I discovered. I your, think I might have discovered you through the. Same then I thing. discovered your audio creative playlist, and I was like, <laughs> "Done." <laughs> I listened to that for like a year straight. My oh, wife yeah. is super sick of listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Local um, natives, yeah. every day. Yeah. Um. So Dan, um, I remember one night he like texted me. He's like, "Dude, like if I told you there's a company that I would um drop everything and go full time at, would you would you full time?" And I'm like, what, why aren't you there then? Right? And he's like, oh, well, wife just had a baby. Um, blah, blah, I would blah, literally blah. drop everything and go work there, <laughs> yeah. but like, figuratively. Like, I'm moving and may start a company. I'm like, okay, okay, those are fair, legit reasons as to not join. Um, I was like, yeah, tell me about the company. And he was, he was really hesitant to like, um, reveal too much information, but at some point he finally just came out. I was like, it's Teespring, right? And he was telling me about the founders, telling me about the product. What, what fascinated me and what fascinated him too was the fact that there's a physical aspect to our product. You know, like obviously I'm not saying that non-physical aspect based companies are not cool, but it was different, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, <clears throat> and that's the physical what you're shirt. That's the cool. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you kind of said it. <laughs> <laughs> you just had some words in between. It's fine. <laughs> that's funny. But, um, I, I remember meeting with Walker and, um, and you know walker's our ceo and there was definitely a connection there right and a month or so after i finally decided to join but dan petty um goes by creative like a creative director right Mm -hmm. like a freelance creative director and i imagine that in their communication that was the assumed title that he would have if he were to join ever um, and then when I came into that conversation, that was the assumed, cause like the idea was this person is going to come on as our first designer, but in addition to doing product design, they will also consider what this team would look like and build it and then lead it. Right. That's my exact role right now. So this is very interesting to yeah. hear. Creative director. Bring Jackson, <laughs> director. Creative no, director. I, it's gotta be designer. It's just <laughs> straight designer. Yeah. So, um, I remember like, like going through the whole interview process and blah, blah, blah. And then finally about a start and up until this point i never like considered what this title would be because I, I honestly didn't care like who cares right so i'm like uh, i remember like walker's like sending me like um like he's making my email signature because like we we do it in the company just for like consistency and stuff and he's like oh um i i, I forgot like what would the title be because like apparently you have to do you have to write it somewhere with like contracts and all that stuff and i'm like I don't know. And he's a like, creative director. Like that, that's what, like, that's what Dan was saying. And I'm like, I, I guess. And I remember, I remembered he- hearing it. And the only time I ever heard the term creative director was like in agencies, right? Like yeah. the agency world. You don't really hear it at. It's either creative nowadays. director or art director. There, exactly. Everywhere. Right. And like, I think the only, well, Apple's not a startup. Apple still supports those titles, art okay. director and creative director. 
Um, and you know, there's some companies like um, Etsy, Randy J. Hunt's their creative director. Yep. Um, but I remember getting that and I, I couldn't think of an alternative, right? Like obviously there's director design, all this different stuff, but I, well, one, it was nighttime. I was tired. I just wanted to go to bed. So I'm like, yeah, cool that. Right. And then that's, that's how I ended up with that title. I understood what the position was, but I didn't, you know, that, that was the title. And I remember like starting. So here's the funny part. Teespring already had a graphic design team, right? And the, they couldn't name this team the design team <laughs> because there would be confusion. Like the graphic yeah. design team's in another office. Right. Um, so they decided to name the department creative, right? Because oh, they were God. like, oh, well, he's directing creativity. So <laughs> it's the creative hey. team, right? Um, and since, since then, it's been changed to director design so that it's like the product and brand design team. But um, I just didn't update it anywhere because, like I said, I don't really care. <laughs> But okay. in terms of like what a creative director would be, what I do is help my team um, understand the problems that we're tackling right now and then getting a sense of what problems will be coming up in the future or what, you know, actually even like scoping out further than that, like what, what do we want Teespring to be today? What do we want it to be in a sprint? <laughs> what do we want it to be in a quarter? And what do we want it to be in a year, Right. And then doing the necessary planning to make sure that when that time comes, we are ahead and not like, oh, shit, let's scramble, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then also helping the team by doing design work myself because we are low in bandwidth. So that's like a tiny plug for Teespring is actually hiring product designers. But, you know, that that's my role. A creative director at an agency, I don't know what that is because I was never a creative director at an agency. So. I mean, yeah. I just I try to lead and I try to inspire. That's my job. It's a pretty badass job. I love that. that that's a pretty inspiring way to end. Yeah. Wow. We're, we're, we are <laughs> I can't believe fifteen it. minutes out of time. So uh That was an hour fifteen. Dude, yeah. you guys are good at timing, man. Like good stuff. Awesome. We do what we can. Well I've been in podcasts, I've gone to and a half hours, and then we were trying to figure out what to cut out to mm. get it down to an hour and a half. Impossible. Well, man, I want to talk more, but let's let's call this one good. Um, we'll have you back. We're doing two episodes a week. We're doing we two can episodes have you a week. Anytime we Seriously? talk about topics. Oh, yeah. That, that's why. Yeah, that's why uh, Jeremy and George mm. are on. Next time, that's I why we talk offered to have v. you do a two-person episode as well. I want to. I'll talk about the V. The V. V. As in vegetable. I think that would have been a great place to cut it in terms of curiosity, but I said something. <laughs> um, it, it sounds so weird, but it's, it's this thing I'm working on in terms of like crafting a sense of directions designers take oh. in, their, in their career path. Oh. With this idea that there is no like step backwards unless you're dumb, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Unless you're dumb. That's the episode title. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I also like donut designer. <laughs> um, anything you want to plug before we cut the recording? Yeah, so actually I completely <laughs> forgot about this. Let me pull up my list. Yeah, my girlfriend <laughs> said that I had to say a couple words. I said warp speed. Bruh. You did? I did. Yeah. Nice. So and you said no, I'm just going fast. I'm like, all right, never mind. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Okay, cool. So I was supposed to say warp speed and I was supposed to say tickle. So there you go, girlfriend. You actually She's did say the words warp speed. Yeah, I did? You said I wouldn't call it warp speed, but fast. Ah, I didn't say tickle, though, until yeah. just now. 
Um, in terms of other plugs, the whole Teespring design crew. So that's D Medina, Joshua Certino, Kyle Miller, and Pedro Carmo. It, it sounds, <laughs> I feel like I'm like, all right, let me give a shout out to my mom <laughs> and my dad. Yeah. Uh, those people are cool too. So my mom and my dad. And just like, <laughs> yeah, that's and, the first ever shout outs to mom and dad. <laughs> hey. That's funny. And El Luna's book. Yes. El Luna is, I don't want to say Gulan magical. project. Because like I was just talking about like designing being magical mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But she she definitely gives that vibe off, right? Um, Aluna, just, come on the show. Yeah, she just does amazing stuff. And her book's coming out next week. Um, another Boulan project and all different stuff, which I work on with Josh. So, yeah, that would be a side project plug, I guess. Awesome. So, well, yeah. we'll link to all those in the show notes, of course. Thanks, Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again to IconFinder.com for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening. We would love for you to check out IconFinder's uh, largest selection of premium vector icons on the web. Use the promo code ROBOT and you're going to get 50% off your first month of Icon Finder Pro. Which is already cheap. It's already like $9 cheap. $9 a month. 50% off that. Uh, it's a no-brainer if you're doing any kind of design work. So check them out, IconFinder.com, and use the promo code ROBOT. Our second sponsor was, once again, Envision. Uh, they're powering a smarter design process that starts with a prototype and ends with better experiences for web and mobile. Check it out at EnvisionApp.com. Thanks, Envision. If you have any thoughts about this episode, definitely hit us up. We're on Twitter, at DesignDetailsFM. And if you enjoyed the show, please go rate us on iTunes. We really appreciate that. Of course, you can sponsor us. Uh, we're, we'd love to highlight your product or service uh, in front of tens of thousands of designers. Hit us up. Our email is sponsor at DesignDetails.FM. And thank you so much. Thanks for listening.